0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse.
1: Hello, I'm Paul.
2: Hi, I'm Julie from A Good Story is Hard to Find Podcast. Hi, I'm Misa.
0: And we're going to talk about Double Star, a science fiction novel by Robert A. Heinlein from February, March, and April 1956, first published in Astounding Science Fiction, and then uh, later published as a paper book in one volume uh, in 1956. So uh, I think we probably came to settle on this particular Heinlein novel because of a series of books previously done on the podcast, uh, starting with Scaramouche most recently. Which is about an uh, actor who uh, gets oh. into politics.
2: Oh, yeah, that's the connection. I didn't <laughs> <Yep>. know.
0: <laughs> I think it's pretty strong.
2: It is. It's yeah. told first person. Wow, double right? star, Jesse. Good job. <laughs> it's not.
0: It's not told first person in Scaramouche, but it's <laughs> told very close to first person in Scaramouche. And here, it's comp- it's one hundred percent first
2: oh, person. You genius! Because yeah, in both books. They start off with no real conviction or a mistaken, shallow perception of something and come to a deeper understanding. Oh, Mm -hmm. They come to inhabit the role. It's almost like you're a
1: teacher.
0: Indeed. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm teaching myself anyways. (laughs) And me. Thank Uh, you. There's also um, uh, a few other ones we did a long time ago, The Prince and the Pauper. Who who was on that show?
3: Uh, I think Julie and I.
0: Julie, Mm -hmm. you, me, anybody else?
1: This no. was before my time at SF audience.
0: I don't think so. <laughs> Showing up. I don't think so. It was not that long ago. Um, and then there was another one, too. Prisoner uh, of Zenda. The Prisoner of Zenda. Now, that is when I that one. I was on I that really, one. Yeah, I really think that Prisoner of Zenda is highly influential. Um, okay. And I I think the connection to this book, Double Star, is stronger even than Scaramouche. Um, but it's probably uh, one of the most influential stories ever, don't you think? The
2: Prisoner of Zenda?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's kind of like a Shakespeare play that didn't exist. Okay, I,
3: I wasn't I, on that show, and I haven't read it.
2: Me. Oh, so For
3: all of oh, who's Zin- not familiar with Prisoner of Zenda, you could do a short recap? Get sure.
2: The LibriVox book, though, it's so wonderfully read. I it love is. it.
0: Yeah, Or just listen to the mm-hmm. SFF audio podcast version, which has all the, the liver box all levelated and oh, made yeah. beautiful. I will do so, that.
2: How long yeah. ago was it?
0: Oh, a while back, but you can, you know, search for but it. But
2: it's the, it's the whole lookalike who has to step in for the person who's not there, uh, the person of power who's not mm-hmm. there, who should be. And it's just going to be for a couple of, you know, days or whatever. It's very similar to this and the Prince and the Pauper and the other things. And then, I, I don't want to ruin it for you. It's the most wonderful swashbuckler. Um, it is. Yeah, you love, yeah. Stuff. But it's it's just it's just wonderfully told, and there's this wonderful vein of humor through the whole thing, self-aware humor. So it's really yeah, nice. and it's very light. Yeah.
0: Uh, in the same way that this is, I, I I got into a Twitter conversation with somebody about Double Star, and they said it was bland. Yeah, Star. I forgot
1: that conversation. Yeah. What? I don't
0: think I don't think bland is the right word for it. I think it's light. It's light. I, yeah. It has it. I mean, it it has some depth to it, but it's pretty light. But it's like it
3: tickle it it twinkles along.
0: Yeah. Well, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Prisoner of Zenda is even lighter, right? Prisoner of Zenda is is more like a, one of those Errol Flynn swashbucklers. Well, yeah. There is a well, there is there's one. A, few them, right? <laughs> there's a few movie versions that, are, and it's just as light as all of those.
2: Well, um, it, it, mostly because the Prisoner of Zenda doesn't stop part way through and go. And then I had to think about what I believed. Let me tell you what this guy believed. And, <laughs> and you go, oh, wait, Heinlein, is that you? I know what you believe. Uh, uh, and that was the point, in, or maybe it was before then, I think. But um, when the guy is going through all his various things and it's like, oh, wait, you can't leave now because this happened. Oh, wait, you can't leave now. And about the third time that happened, I suddenly went, because I'm slow. I said, oh, wait. This is actually a book about politics. And then it took on a whole lot. Well, you know, I was reading the actor and the substitution. I was just reading it as an adventure. But then I went, oh, and it got much more interesting. And maybe that's the bland versus the interesting is you have to realize before he starts going, and what did this guy believe? You have to think about the fact that they're communicating about he's saying here are all the political systems I think don't work and do work. Here's how Mm -hmm. it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just I uh, it just I liked it. Yeah. Uh, there's one
0: thing I <laughs> making fun of Heinlein's very easy because he he's got his sort of things. One one of the things that happened in here, I I noticed the word uh it was it was bullheaded or something like that. Um uh, some sort of uh, word that Heinlein uses all the time and I I did a word search, you know, just to see how many times it came up and there was because there's so many quotes from Heinlein, you know, he's so popular to quote, um, it was just like every <laughs> there's like forty or fifty pages of different novels all using that word
3: <laughs> uh,
0: and it it basically yeah. comes down to a situation where one character' sitting in a room, we don't know what's on the walls, another character walks in and says, "You're a real jerk, and I know what's best, and you're gonna do what I say and then the main character of the book says, no." And then they have this little conversation where he refuses and then somebody reasonable has to come in and say, listen to me, young man. I am the old man character and I know best. I will give you a little story. And then at the end, you will apologize and feel stupid. And uh, then the plot can move on. Mm -hmm. It's like um, Heinlein's negotiation tactic for his characters is always, uh, you know, what they call brinksmanship where it's like. We're gonna we're gonna crash the whole car. Or if Heinlein was your father and driving down the road, you know, you would say I'm not gonna do that, and he'd like stop the car, pull it over to the side of the road, and say We're not going anywhere until we settle this.
3: He, he put he put attention to that at one point when when they were all coming in and doing that and trying to convince him, and then somebody came in out of turn. He said, Hey, you're not. It's not your turn. It was like right. should been should have been the good cop now. What are you doing here? Yeah. Being my turn. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's true. His his negotiation technique is always the same in every book. So yeah, it, <laughs> there's there's some stuff in there that's not perfect. Well, um, but I I think it's a pretty good book, especially if you um if you look at it in the what it's what it's sort of it's not really a science fiction book in the normal sense, is it? It's more about politics and about um. I would say it's about racism and,
3: and perception and, and how we perceive perception. ourselves and the world at large, I think, too. Tolerance.
0: Yeah. yeah. But also about uh, there's a, a line right at the end, which I just, you know, we save the last little paragraph or whatever before for the morning before we start recording. Huh. And there's a a line. He says, I think my father would be proud um, that the, my life was a work of art something mm-hmm. like that it and something well i think that we get because we're told the story from lorenzo Smythe's point of view right um all the way through and we find out that the the majority of the book 99 percent of the book was written 25 years ago right, back <laughs> yeah. when he was just starting this role yep. um that sense of him being a um uh, a failed actor, as some people put in the in the descriptions or the reviews of this book, they say Lorenzo Smythe, failed actor, out of work actor, loser actor, is called upon to. Um, I didn't see him as a loser at the beginning.
2: Mm-mm.
0: And yet he, he did. Uh, I think that's because he didn't see himself as a loser at the beginning. He has no money. Right. He's sort of out. he owes people money. He's looking for work. He's hanging out in bars, uh, spending his last dime, right? Um, so
1: he's living in that that hotel that charges by the day, and you have to (laughs) coins.
0: Right, kind of hotel, right? Yeah, Yeah. I think he sometimes
3: does
2: work as a stripper or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's at the bottom.
0: He's in the porn industry,
2: (laughs) but he doesn't ever stop believing that he is not wonderful, but that he. Has a real talent. He no. just hasn't gotten the right breaks. He hasn't gotten the right job. You know, he, he's never yeah, a bad never doubt, Yeah, he doesn't doubt his abilities to act. I mean, he
1: he, he starts doubting what, as he gets deeper and deeper into uh, Bonnefort's role. But he doesn't doubt at the beginning as an actor qua actor. Yeah, he he says,
3: I, apart from a cold appreciation of my genius, I thought yeah. it was right. modest.
0: Right. Um. And I, I wanted to tell you, Julie, you said I don't need to see all that, all the interior illustrations oh, from sorry. the original serialization. I think, that, I think that everyone needs to see them. And the reason is okay. um, when you, if you look at them out of context, you wouldn't be able to tell what novel it's from because they don't look anything like what you picture when you're reading the book. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, this, there's one image from the first uh, third of the book where there's this dude with a chain around his neck, um, walking, sort of crawling in a circle, like a baby, a tethered to a stake, And you say, what the hell? What the hell? This is not in the book. <laughs> right. And there's all these situations where, you know, there's this old looking dude standing around doing something weird with a bunch of weird aliens or something in the background. And, if you follow the, the narrative very closely, all of those pictures are in the book. It's just that when Lorenzo Smythe talks about things, he doesn't know anything, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a, uh, a, a few tiny little non info dump info dumps. You know how yeah. Heinlein's famous for, you know, this is how rockets work, young man. Um, <laughs> well, Lorenzo Smythe doesn't know anything about rockets, he knows he's been on one. Um, so when uh, Dak says something like uh, the Coriolis effect, right, it just passes through one ear, comes out the other.
1: And I love the pun. He, he gets it wrong as Corlianus, the Shakespeare pun. Right, first. Corleone, I love yeah. that word,
0: Corlianus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, exactly. And he has something to do with circles, so that's <laughs> what the description is, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think any reader at the time who's reading a lot of astounding where it was published would be laughing at these images which we're supposed to do this is a very humorous book mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. not just in the uh, um isn't it sort of light and cute but like his sort of whole he's the little skirmisher with nothing to fight against if you know what i mean um when we read Scaramouche. We know why he's doing it. He's get, he's out for revenge, right? Here, the guy just needs a, needs some work. So it's it's a comedy from the beginning. But at the very end of the book, um, and this is one of the things I like about the audiobook is uh, the actor who's narrating the audiobook. And he's not doesn't have a huge range, but he he does occasionally sort of show his actory chops. At the end, he's Doing the book in the voice of Bonifort.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, not who, who
0: in the voice
2: yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. of yeah Smythe. Yeah. I didn't he's, ever get the audiobook, So who did it?
0: His name's Lloyd James. Okay. Uh, I I don't know if he's. I think he's a stage actor because he was a. He was one of the first people working for Blackstone Audio.
2: Okay. Yeah, he, I just didn't get the. They, they do a lot or of whatever. Stage. If you sent something, he
0: in, did so. He did basically every Heinlein novel back in the day.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I just think that that's really important that at the end, Lorenzo Smythe is dead, mm-hmm. you know, killed in some alley. Um, and Bonifort's still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, even though uh, I get the sense that, that I may, it's not really mentioned in the book, but I get the sense that Smythe's version of Bonifort is actually a better person or at least a better politician than was Bonifort. Because remember Bill, the, the bad guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's, a, there's one girl, there's a bad guy, right? <laughs> a bunch of people yeah. talking in a spaceship. You know, that's, that's <laughs> the book. Um, the bad guy, uh, he had worked for Bonifort for four years, but he was never fired, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though, you know, ultimately we find out he was a bad guy.
2: And we all suspected he was a bad guy from early on, right? Sure. And sure. He's giving this speech. Doesn't sound like him at all. I fixed he's it. The, he's, he's wearing the bad hat. Yeah. And him. you know, right then that you're, you're just like, Oh, you were trying to give a signal. Got it. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, well, and in, in that way, it's funny because it's not a juvenile, but it, it has the sense of his better juveniles, I think, in that it's for this actor. He's, Although he's an adult, he's not experienced much deep thought other than about his craft. And so it's his coming of age. He has to broaden his horizons mm-hmm. and learn to look past, you know, how do I get past this horrible perception I have of Martians? Well, of course, mm-hmm. they have to hypnotize him because it's something deep down. But um, but how do I start to look at the broader world? And I've always hated this politician. I did love the irony of that. Oh,
3: you're mm-hmm. going to be
2: this guy. What? It's like going, you're going to be Hitler. No, thank you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you have no choice. Um, And then as he starts to look deeper and deeper, he discovers that, oh, well, there's much that's admirable. I now understand more of what he's saying. And it's so in that sense, it's almost like Heinlein's political primer for all of us. It's like, Mm -hmm. are you thinking about this enough or are you just kind of going off a knee jerk reaction to things?
3: If we're to take what you just said from he he also says. That, that casts him as Satan what you just said because he said if Satan should ever replace God, you would find it necessary to assume the attributes of divinity
2: oh yeah yeah you're right I forgot mm-hmm.
3: that
0: yeah, that's a good line yeah I, I think that that there's a, this is actually a very politically astute novel in a certain sense it really is how politics is played um I, I, I tried to I thought for some reason in one of the biographies a long time ago. You know, I read about all all the jobs that you know th- they sort of do this for authors. All the jobs they held before they became sort of a oh, full time author. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, one of them I remember he was like he had uh, invested in a silver mine or something. What <laughs> was one of them? But I, for some reason, I thought he had run for office. He did. Time.
1: He did back in okay. the thirties. It failed. Yeah, and I
0: yeah fi- yeah I couldn't find that that what office it was, but it was yeah it was some failed attempt to get into office. And I get the sense that uh, he's sort of been in the room, you know, mm, at mm-hmm. one of those parties, one of the mm. victory parties. I don't know how that could be because it, it, most people classify him as a libertarian. Um, and I don't think a libertarian has ever won an election in the United States ever, even though, <laughs> you know, they kind of want to. And it's very well, well supported. I found it.
1: He ran for the oh, California okay. State Assembly in
0: 1938. Uh, okay, there we go and then failed to yeah
1: yeah he, yeah he came in second i remember reading somebody he said there's no prices for second place in politics that's right mm-hmm. so
0: except if you are uh, in a notice he didn't set it in the american uh, uh system of government it's set in the constitutional um uh two-party chamber kind of like canada has or or
2: britain yeah
1: i,
0: I want to say in the netherlands has but i have no idea what they it,
1: have yeah it, 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 it's, it's a it's like a british parliamentary system with an emperor instead of a king on top except the except william is still king of the dutch he, he makes that point that if he was dutch oh. he'd have to call him rex yeah. Yeah. so right. so william is king of the dutch and emperor of the earth
0: well that's uh elizabeth is queen of canada Right and uh, was I don't know if she's still emperor is she is empress the monarch
1: of, the of yeah. no I, I don't think she's an empress anymore she was she, empress she, of India but the the, yeah. the Windsors were empress of, empresses of India but they're not empresses anymore so
0: right but uh, yeah, emperor, she was empress of uh, of the whole Should whatever but the empire yeah the, right? the
2: empire that's it but then
0: they, don't, they sort of transitioned into uh, the Commonwealth right? yeah, so,
2: yeah so
1: it's just empire. a com- it's just a monarchy uh, not an empire
0: yeah so the way that that um bonifort's he's in the position of a lot of governmental people who you know that's how a lot of governments change so it's interesting that he said it in that system instead of in the american sort of you are out of power
2: right? yeah well, i felt like mm-hmm. that's what he approved of oh go ahead i'm sorry paul yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it makes uh that separation that uh that parliamentary systems have between head of state and head of government is useful. So that's why Highline mm-hmm. had to do it that way. Otherwise, you, you get an American president who is head of state and head of government, and that doesn't work because where where would, what would, what would Bonford be? Head of the, head of Congress? That doesn't sound right. So, yeah. yeah.
0: There's a, there's actually a really interesting line in there. And I think it's, it, it is sort of indicative of, of the American system and, and how it, there is this sort of, love and hate of it um he says something about when you go to visit lincoln yeah. uh in his uh lincoln memorial right um and he's talking about the statue yeah. of Lincoln sitting in the chair there and um i guess i i knew i knew it before but i didn't realize exactly oh yeah that's exactly what's going on he's a god in there right he's like zeus
2: yep Oh, you've never been to the Lincoln Memorial?
0: No, I've never been there. I haven't
2: been to Washington. I haven't been. But I immediately, when you said it, I got this sense of awe. Yeah. Because I, I love Lincoln. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it's like you, he was You great. stand there, but you look up at it.
1: Yeah, Larger
0: than life, right? Yeah. 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 Literally, larger than life sitting in a in a chair. He, it is a, a Greek temple in the traditional sense, right? Mm-hmm. Not even like the Jefferson Memorial. It's, you know, this is the exact shape of a Greek temple and it has a giant statue of a God sitting in a chair.
2: Yeah, but have you ever seen that Simpsons episode where it's Mr. Lisa goes to Washington and so she goes to Washington and she gets, Lisa wins an essay contest about, you know, why is America great? And -hmm. she's like in the national competition. So she has an ethical dilemma because she's seen some corruption, political corruption and, um... Or something anyway so she goes to the lincoln memorial and everybody's there it's packed with people going should i do this should i do that lincoln tell me this so she goes mm. off to the jefferson memorial where there's no one there and he's and the jefferson statue's like oh yeah i know you went to lincoln first right and then <laughs> you had to come to me no one ever comes to see jefferson she's like i'm sorry i bothered you and he's like no no come back i'm so lonely it, and that's <laughs> that that? the thing
1: that's sad. I know we're way off, we're way off in the weeds, but the Jefferson Memorial is is in a nicer position, all by itself, sitting on on the tidal bank than the crowded uh, mall area. I like the Jefferson Memorial, but yeah, but although well, the Lincoln one's one anyone goes to because it's sitting right there with the with the uh, this, Washington this Memorial. Is, this and is, important. Also, this it's is important. also, it's Lincoln. Also, it's Lincoln. Important.
0: Yeah, I think this is very important for understanding, like, sort of why this is such a resonant mm-hmm. book because. Um, that position of you know william the prince or king of orange right emperor of all of known space yeah, we'll or whatever see. his title yeah. is yeah um, he likes playing with trains right <laughs> he's <laughs> God, a human being um and the the kind of meeting that uh bonifort has or smythe has with with the king um is what they actually do in england right that's the, the prime minister's called to the uh the residents and asked to, uh, uh, if he would like to form a government, right. That sort of, and then, uh, yeah, the queen goes and open, goes and open hospitals. And then, uh, John major, no statue to him. No, no picture on the dollar bill, right? right. No picture on anything. He's just a footnote in history. And, uh, that is kind of really interesting because Smythe, Sort of the argument that he's being made after you know he's going to get paid after that first like hundred units or whatever it is that credits whatever money they use after that first hundred units is in his pocket he he he'll happily walk away but the argument that's made to him is that this need we need to have this role filled right we need a functionary yeah. who get people on on board and at that last time right before you know the the end of the novel where he's just won the election and uh, uh, the real Bonifort's dead that argument made to him is that only you can hold this together mm-hmm. but it's not even really you it's the right. team right? right yeah it's a team it's not it's a team sport mm-hmm. and I well, think that the, oh, go ahead. That, I think that that's really uh, an interesting argument as opposed to uh, you know we need this person there the holy only person who can save America sort of argument that we get when (laughs) when uh, not just even this election, but you know, previous ones.
2: He's embodying all those ideals. Well, and it's interesting because the whole, uh, I was fascinated by Emperor William or whatever his name is um, discussion to, or, or explanation to the actor, which is that I take care of the day-to-day crap basically so that you can go off and help form policy and get people working together and do all this stuff. And I, it's funny because I had just finished reading this when I was leading a discussion group of primary colors, the movie that is very interesting to watch now that some time has gone by between it and the bill Clinton presidency, which is when the movie came out and it was based on him running for office and everything although it's fictionalized and it's, it's a different look behind the scenes, of course, at a political campaign. And it's also from an idealistic person point, point of view, who is, it's his coming of age. What does it mean to be a true believer? What does it mean to be disillusioned? Where do you give, where do you take your stand? Uh, So it's, it's the opposite of this double star guy. Who's just taking an acting job and learning all this stuff later. However, one of the people in the discussion had been um, a senator's office manager for decades, and John oh. Hightower, who anybody in Texas knows, he wound up having to resign, and you know because of his drinking and all these various things during the Reagan years. But um, she kept bringing us back to political reality when we wanted to get super idealistic about stuff. She's like. <laughs> That's okay. We need to have ideals, but we have to remember what is it like to do your job, no matter what side you're on, when you have everybody looking over your shoulder, everything you do, good or bad, is picked to death, criticized from the people you live with, work with, the press, you know, the constituency. She goes, it's an incredibly pressured job. And I suddenly thought of William talking to Smythe going, I take that on. So that you can get something done. And I brought that up to all these people. And they were all quite s- impressed and went, you know, for the first time, that system of government suddenly kind of makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. It was a yeah. very interesting comparison, you know.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think it, it, there there's a lot of value there. Um, it, when when the president becomes the president, he's sort of, he's taking on the mantle, right? He's the, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. commander in chief. When a prime minister becomes the prime minister, it's like, oh, well, OK, because they sometimes they're not elected to be prime minister. In fact, most people aren't, you know, that, that they're I can't vote for the prime minister unless he's the leader of the party in my riding. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no special charm. I, right now we've got a prime minister with a special charm. Right. Um, but uh you know he's he's been in office less than a year right so oh, i think it's less than
2: a year hasn't had time to wear off
0: yeah no and and so even if even if even if that charm lasts four yeah. years he's still not he's not like uh going to be revered in the same way that pretty much any president is because they aren't the same kind of leader their job can be taken away at any time by lack of confidence so that vote of confidence vote thing that's very
2: important he also won't be reviled in that case because one of the things that gets said is other than just anybody would revere or revile somebody because of their beliefs but one of the things was there was this whole section where smythe is suddenly going well, wait a minute, now that I'm representing somebody who has all these beliefs who knew what he wanted, what do I live by? And he's he's like, my belief is, yeah, the show must go on. Mm -hmm. But why must the show go on? He'd never thought about it. He'd just been taught it and repeated it and lived by it. And so then he's starting to think about it. You owe it to the audience, you owe it to the people you're working with, you owe all these things. What does that mean in a bigger picture? And as he's going on, he's then starting to bring up some of what Bonfort's, um, primary beliefs are or actions were and one of the things he says was take sides always take sides right. you will sometimes be wrong but the man who refuses to take sides must always be wrong heaven save us from poltroons who fear to make a choice let us stand up and be counted and he's <laughs> yeah i know yeah and, and which is you know wonderful because that's a word an actor would know Right. Yeah, Which is I, not used in politics much. But so you get those kind of um the, that's when you know Heinlein's really coming out. I, I think I
3: think uh, like a lot of this thing is is all about like a second look. Like it's called double star. And yeah. and then the whole book is like looking at something and then looking at it again with a with a whole new um outlook. And and like the title, Double Star, I I was like thinking about it. I was thinking how many things can that apply to in this book? And obviously it's Lorenzo and, and Bonaparte and then Bonaparte and, and then human and Martian. Like yeah. like by extrapolation, the, the, the um you know, human and Martian have to be equal. And so then by extrapolation, all beings will one day conquer the stars. And then Lorenzo Lorenzo, the actor he was, becoming the person he is gonna to come to be. And then what you were talking about, Jesse, the double star, like the idea of quality of equality for all being first represented in Bonaparte, and then Lorenzo and like it being an idea that must be taken forward. So like everything is oh like has been repeated in this. In
0: the yeah. Play. Doubling. Mm-hmm. It's it's doubling. Is it's a doubling. Deep, yeah. It, yeah. He's not just, he's not just Lorenzo Smythe. He's Lawrence Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Yep. That's right.
0: There's uh there, there's some, some pretty strong, strong stuff. And, it makes it a even though it is a sort of a light book, it's not super heavy on the science fiction. I I thought it was uh, really interesting the way he has this instinctual hate of the of the aliens, right, the mm-hmm. Martians, mm-hmm. and then uh, he has it taken away by uh, by uh, it's like uh, maybe that's not possible
2: because of the <laughs> smell, have, yeah. Right?
0: But also the squiggly arms, right? So instead of, <laughs> instead of being, uh, sort of deep in his genes, racist, which is what it is, right? It's just because uh, they're, they're beings or whatever. <laughs> Hating aliens is racism because there's no aliens, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, it, he, he comes to quite like them, right? Mm-hmm. Now. To me, those aliens—they're just Texans because they have to carry guns around all
2: the time. <laughs> the death wand, yeah, yeah, he, death, he thought, death he, wand, death wand. Yeah, it well, no, it's called the life wand.
1: Life wand. Wand. The
0: <laughs> wand, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think
1: it's funny he had the safety off for such a long while and didn't realize yeah. he could have killed somebody.
0: But it is a comedy, right? He put a he put a hole in the windshield yeah. of the of this car on Mars, right? It's, yeah, it's a, it works just—you like just press this button and then something. The and they yeah.
2: grabbing it. Well, and that's also the other doubling is because this was a very science fictiony element, which I quite enjoyed is his induction into the Martian Mm -hmm. tribe or clan or whatever it was. And so um, he had no clue what he was doing. And it's the exact same as when he goes to court and there's Emperor William. He also has no clue. He just knows I do this. I do that. I understand the symbolism. So I get to keep my wand and that's it. Anything personal he can't conduct because he doesn't have any knowledge of it.
0: There's some um, there's uh, another fact I think that's interesting if you guys watch that lecture by Eric uh S Rabkin about Heinlein um he's famous for his future history uh series one of the things he did does uh, I think he he's pretty consistent about is that martians are always the same martians in all of the books Really So Oh really
2: yeah. okay huh.
0: So they're pretty much the same they're, sometimes they have a little bit of features that we don't know so in stranger in a strange land right it's a novel about a uh, human raised by martians mm-hmm. um comes back to earth and he's got all these sort of magical superpowers um he has an uh if you look at the uh the tv tropes entry on double star they have all these specialized words for tropes and one of them says is like orange morality and purple morality right? uh,
1: blue and orange <laughs> right. morality yeah.
0: Or, oh, yeah, blue and orange, right? So that it's not black and white. It's not goody and baddie, which, of course, is what Heinlein always has. Or, mm-hmm. wise man and straw man <laughs> yeah. is morality. Um, they, the, the showing up late for the appointment, um, causes, uh, there are precedents in, in human sort of, uh, Society for that. And we even see that in the William uh, meeting, right? Where he's got to put on his special robes and carry the life wand and have the bowing and not turning away from the chair while the king's on the seat. Mm -hmm. So we have that sort of parallel uh, again, another doubling going on there of meetings of two different, you know, groups. And I think that that's really cool. But I also wanted to uh, point out that. Uh, for some reason, um, there's a cycle going on with humans because I think we don't read far enough back and look far enough back. So I, I wanted to tell everyone before they saw us, we started the podcast. Look at this picture, right? There's a picture of a terrible cover of <laughs> 1970, uh, double star and, uh, it's a sort of a spaceship. It looks like a spaceship sort of in space, I guess. Near some planets or some moons, right? You guys have all seen this, right? Okay. Um, in 2000, there was a modern art contest or prize, you know, in the same way that there's a Hugo Award or, mm. uh, you know, a literary award or a literary prize. Um, an artist used that image to make their own painting. Mm, 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 mm. And uh, people didn't like it. <laughs> people didn't like that. He was copying yeah. somebody else's work in this modern art contest. Um, and so there were protesters protesting the, the inclusion and possible winning of this art. Piece because it even though it had slightly different you know details it was basically a copy of this 19th obscure 1970s reprint of double star and the people who who are protesting it are called stuckists
2: stuckists stuckists,
0: stuckists. did they give
2: themselves this name or did somebody else give them this name? yeah
0: yeah in the same way okay. they probably uh, some people called sad puppies gave themselves a name. I, I no,
2: <laughs> no, I know. I'm just, I'm just asking. I because that okay because I can't tell if that name is saying we're standing for this or it's people picking on them. I couldn't tell. Uh,
0: no, sorry. no. These, to... these people were protesting. Okay. Uh, protesting the inclusion. Right, I um, get that. And the people who organized the prize, you know, the modern art contest, um, were defending it, saying yes, of course, he uses uh other people's art as inspiration for his own, but because of the scale, uh, you know, the painting is not on the size of a paperback. It's, it's like the size of a wall. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you're standing there, it's a different experience. And I'm like, if you look at it, it's like, it it is incredibly close. Like, (laughs) yes, it's, it's separately painted. I took it
2: and blew it up everyone. Now it's mine.
0: (laughs) Uh, But (laughs) The the funny thing is, is they're trying to ruin this guy's chances of winning mm-hmm. uh, to make their own political point. And this goes b- back in art, all the way back to uh, Marcel Duchamp. You guys know about this dude? This paint art. The name uh, sounds
2: familiar. He's
0: uh, an artist. Quote unquote artist. I'm putting quote, air quotes, <laughs> word artist. Because, yeah, he was an artist, but he entered a contest. This is the most famous thing he did, I guess. He entered a contest for modern art. And he he called his piece Fountain. And what he did was something called, is now called a ready-made, where he went to the hardware store and he bought a urinal. Oh, I've heard and, oh that guy. And then he oh. put the urinal on a pedestal uh, sideways and he called it Fountain. And <laughs> he creates an art
2: movement. Yeah. Now, uh, to me... That's not good art. I feel like I'm a stuckist on this thing. <laughs> exactly. That's my toilet.
0: But then I look at the stuckist artists and I'm like, dudes, you guys don't draw as well as I do. <laughs> and I'm not a professional artist. The thing is, is I think that uh, I, I want to get Paul in on this because I know he's following the Hugo's. I don't know, understand what's going on there, but what I sort of in the details, like I don't know who the sad puppies are
1: well, who or who any.
0: Okay, and there's something of ponies or something. Like there's all sorts of movements of people for and against certain inclusions or disinclusion or whatever of certain books. Uh, can you explain it a bit, Paul? Because that will help us.
1: Okay, so uh, just disclaimer to listeners, this is my own biased point of view because every point of view is biased. Okay, so I'll, the, the, the short, short version of how this came about, Larry Correa, who is a fantasy author – had gotten a nomination for a Campbell Award, failed badly. He apparently had a bad experience on that. A couple years later, he tried to get his uh, followers to game him onto a Hugo ballot by all of them basically nominating one of his books. This effort expanded into a whole movement of a certain stream of science fiction authors who believed they had not been... uh, represented fairly by basically nominating a slate of their works into the Hugo nominating process to get, get them nominated. The rest of the science fiction community took umbrage at the idea that you would that people would just like follow a slate to get their works nominated onto a Hugo Award and so the sad puppies were born. The rabbit puppies came out of <laughs> the rabbit puppies come out of Theodore Beale, who is a, an extreme far right white nationalist uh, asshole. <laughs> Pardon my language, who who joined with the Sad Puppies and then came his own splinter movement to do the same thing, mainly works from his own publishing house and some really reviled kind of stuff. So the Sad Puppies and Rabbit Puppies basically have been trying to game their works onto Hugo ballots because they see science fiction as being overrun with uh, leftists, basically. And... So they've been using under, this underhanded tactic to uh, – <laughs> and, and so in a result, when it comes time to – when they get on the ballots, the Hugo Awards have the ability – well, you can say, I don't vote for any of these. I vote no award. And mm. that's what happened last year when right. the, the public at large decided just to no award the crap. And this year, two ca- only t- two categories which were completely puppy overrun, including, sadly, FanCast. Podcast.
0: Yeah, you know? I was looking at that yeah. and I was like, I don't recognize any yeah,
1: they're of them. They're, <laughs> they're all they're, they're all pup gamed on by the pup.
0: I was like, I've never i not heard of any of these podcasts exactly. or what they're.
2: Um. Yeah, and I would say the thing that the sad puppies started off with, and I and I'm not disputing anything you're saying from what I know because I kind of followed a little bit of it, and then went, this is like every awards thing because when I started exactly. looking, I went, oh, there've been all these controversies from way back. But um, And I know that the sad puppies were saying that like Tor especially was kind of spearheading getting, getting um, super inclusionary authors in and this and that. And they're like um, – and so what that does is it changes the whole tone of all the science fiction. And so that's where they were going, and that leaves no room for everyone else. I'm not saying whether any of these tactics from I- I- any side is right or wrong or anything. But I just look at all this stuff, and then I go – I'm like, oh, that's interesting because just as a reader, you know, I would always kind of try out some of the Hugo nominees and go, oh, okay, this and this and this. And there've been fewer and fewer and fewer. And I don't like most of the, I don't like Larry Korea's books necessarily, or a lot of the ones that have been getting on the slate because of the politics. But I also have really been liking fewer and fewer and fewer of the Hugo things. And I'm like, I don't know what everybody's doing, but can we just push all the members who are regular people to nominate? Because as I understand it, that's part of the problem. It's been a very small group of people who actually come forward and nominate. And I'm like, right. well, if you guys would just get involved, it's kind of like elections in the U.S. If we could have more yeah. than a small percentage of people participating, what would we have? You know, mm-hmm. so anyway, um, yeah, if that's five- just my two cents to the whole no, thing. Too. If you have 500 people who nominate
1: and then you get. 150 puppies to nominate as a block you get you have now 650 members but 150 of those are all voting for the same thing and that's and there you wind up with puppy filled ballots at the hugos
0: they seem to be not interested in actually like Getting a specific good thing up, it's just they're trying to destroy the Hugo. They, 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 they well, like, well, this is revenge.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> they, they, th- they, threw in a Chuck Tingle erotica story and and some really horrible. stuff. So- oh yes, um, a book by uh, Theodore called SJWs always lie and some really horrible stuff. Just, just, yeah. They, it's like a. No. Like, So people want to watch the world burn sort of thing.
0: What is is an SJW?
1: Uh, Social justice warrior. In other words –
0: right, okay. (laughs) Okay. So So, uh, I I think this is just – it's funny because this is – they're trying to ruin the election, right? This is uh, – and what's fundamentally interesting about Double Star is that it's basically a massive fraud that we're all – on board of inside the <laughs> conspiracy of, yeah. and yet we're we're fully supportive of. At the end of the book, we're like, yep, it's a good thing that this guy took on this role and is basically subverted democracy.
1: Yeah, we hate the other guys, so okay. Well, well, right. yeah, the, the 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 other guys are um are are, are human first kind of unsympathetic. Right. I mean, the, the novel would be more nuanced if the other side had. Had, you could have sympathy, but the other side is just such a character. You know, they'll 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 wipe out the Martians and the Venusians, and it'll be humans only solar system sort of uh, nonsense. Oh, yeah, I of course we, you're gonna side with uh, Bonnefort slash Smythe.
3: The other guys been... bastardized Lincoln's words for God's
0: sake.
2: Oh right. my God! God. For <laughs>
1: Jefferson's sake, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I don't think I, nuance is something we really can accuse Heinlein of a lot of the time. No,
0: just to exactly. say. I would say, you know, a very good book would be somebody takes this universe, takes this setup, takes all the facts, and does the same story from the other side, the same period of time.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and you know, the, remember like that, guy exactly, yeah. that guy Bill. A response book. Exactly that guy. He that guy Bill's trying to expose the facts, right? Oh, yeah,
2: do I, Bill's book.
0: But no, see, Bill's an asshole. Well, we know that. Yeah. So even well, if we he's don't rehabilitated... That. That's their well, story. Yeah, yeah, the way Smythe tells it, yeah. he's an asshole. <laughs> but even if you rehabilitate him some, um, I, I think there could be a sympathetic argument on the other side. Like, for for example, um, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want people walking around with life wands. Uh, <laughs> everywhere they go, like, it's it has to be that way, oh. and you can't even question them. Jesse?
1: Open carry uh, laws. Uh, I, know. Yes, I know. I <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: Texas. Well, that's, why, against uh, that. that's why I'm saying there's an argument that. on the other side, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I don't
2: it's... like to have to walk into my church and see at the front where they have these big things going, no guns allowed here. And I'm like, that just reminds me there's guns allowed in the parking lot. I'm like, and have you right. seen a parking lot after church? It is not nice. Everybody <laughs> forgot everything they learned at the door because they have to get out of there quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, another thing I wanted to bring up to Julie, uh, I think you mentioned it. Um, was it uh the show called A Good Wife? Did you mm-hmm, talk about that? Mm-hmm. I like. Okay, I followed
2: so, that for a long time.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I just finished watching the entire thing on Netflix. Wow. Um, it's like six seasons. It, it took a month and a half or something yeah, to watch good it.
2: At season. Five or well we didn't watch six You're,
0: four or five yeah you, you probably should have stopped exactly there the last seasons gets a bit rough
2: it was repetitive at that point i'm like i already yeah. know these things so yeah yeah but, it was so uh, good at the beginning well <laughs> one, one of
0: the things that that is good about it is that it's uh it's very much about politics it's kind of retelling the hillary clinton uh bill clinton story at the very end um you know the the husband's going to run for president uh, so uh, it's like a um
2: it's, yeah, it's is kind governor, of right
0: yeah he he's works his way up from state's attorney to governor and and the wife is sort of following the same path mm-hmm. um she becomes state's attorney etc and so you're seeing it from their side uh and telling lies in public uh because it's none of their business what goes on in our family sort yeah. of thing it, it it's kind of like um seeing politics from from up close and personal in the way that uh I guess primary colors does sort of a a, a more macro scale. This is more, you know, you know, it's TV screen size instead of the the film screen size, Mm -hmm. Uh, less jets and more, uh, (laughs) more offices.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing I always liked about it was that she was very moral with, but while being realistic and she struggled with these questions And so you would see both sides of things in a way that you in the way that the West Wing used to do in the first seasons before Aaron Sorkin left, where (laughs) everybody went, we would like that guy for our president. Whether or not we agree with whatever side of the aisle he's on, he cares. He's moral. He he's investing himself in the way that Bonfort does Mm -hmm. or that we're told he does. So, yeah,
0: or the way. Yeah. Bonfort is 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 really interesting because he's not really a player in the book. And I got the same feeling. If you guys ever watched the movie Dave,
1: yeah, I, was I was wondering if you talk about, about Dave. But yeah, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so Dave is basically Double Star, except not in space, right? It's it's uh is no he's a he's a he's a teacher, I think. Not a he's like a high school teacher no, or something. No, he
1: he he runs he runs a little uh a, a little comp a little company that gets people jobs. Oh, okay. He he he, he basically helps. He's, he's a job placement agency.
0: Right. Okay. okay. So there's a little humor Watch there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, but essentially he looks like the president and he's asked to double what the president's sick, right? In the same way
1: that sick happens. He, yeah. Wasn't he sick? No, I, no, been- because at, the, be- because at the, the, the beginning of Dave, the reason why he's being doubled is because the day de- president is off, uh, having sex with one of oh, the right. mistresses. Okay. Mm. Gotcha. So sick. And that's what he's His, told, but yeah, that's the story,
0: <laughs> right? But then he does die, doesn't he? I can't remember. He goes in. It, he,
1: goes in he goes into. A, he he gets has a heart attack. Goes into a coma, and so he's asked to continue the role for a while. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. The coma. Yeah. Exactly. And but but there's also the wife.
1: Hmm. Right. The ex-wife. And, yeah. Is that Sigourney yeah. Weaver? Well, not ex. It, well, it, yeah. She's exactly. she's not divorced. She's yeah. They the, the, the separated. Ish. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, I think there's. It's sort of. It's a nice light version it's inverted yeah a little bit inverted
1: well there's some nice interesting parallels because dave tries dave first embodies his president but then he then he realizes he can do it better just like as we discussed before smythe realizes he can be a better version of bonfort and he goes about doing that and then in both in Dave and in the novel, we get somebody who reacts badly against that. In the in the novel, it's Bill. In the movie, it's the Franklin Langella character who's not happy at all that this double is uh, do- doing things that the uh, doing things that uh, he doesn't approve of, mm. and and winds up leaving. They both wind up leaving the administration. Both try to take him down, and I mean, in the movie, Dave goes back to his ordinary life and escapes out. But it's it it's that same sort of tension and parallel of the actor taking the role and making it better. I, I Does wanted he to get mention the girl that in the movie. He gets the he gets the learning Weaver in the movie. Yes. Oh, okay. um, so the the, the 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 real hinge for me in this novel, as far as him embodying this role, was after that speech where he and and which causes uh, the opposition to resign. That was when I started clicking like. Okay, he's better at Bonfort than Bonfort was because he's got the he's not only embodying Bonfort's beliefs and philosophy which which remain the same, but he also has the acting types that apparently Bonfort didn't have because remember mm-hmm. at the beginning Bonfort was out of power. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So so he, he he basically is an improvement on the Bonfort type taking his acting ability with the Bonfort philosophy that he's inculcated himself and in putting together to form a a potent combination. Maybe his acting ability that. was
3: what made him a better uh, Bonford. Yeah, because exactly. Having been so many people, like to be an actor, you have to be every man. And so that's, you know.
2: But he, he also believed it. And that's what gave him the conviction of the role. I mean, you know, any role, you have to understand your character's motivations. And he would have been terrible if he'd have continued in the first attitude he had, which was I hate this guy.
3: He said he had to like. He said I, if I was yeah. Jack the Ripper, I'd like Jack the Ripper.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So which tells you then? Do you have an unreliable narrator? Yes, I never we thought do. about that.
0: We do, uh, and that's why when you see those illustrations, you're like, "That's not what's happening." <laughs> <laughs> <You laughs> say, yeah. oh, okay, well, um, yeah, but he, he also like the theatrical sort of uh, way he describes. Himself, and I I mean, if you go over just his childhood about how how his father beat him, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you start thinking, well, okay, some of this is probably, uh, he thinks it's all true, but the way he he describes how he learned things has got to be sort of hyperbolized in some ways. Everything's sort of hyperbolized in some ways, I think
3: well did, what did he did he say his father had like a, a his appendix burst and he continued with the right, show or right, something right
0: yeah and he said uh one one time uh an understudy slipped him uh a purgative right. and he he That's did going. the he kept he, the show went on and then he had him fired right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so his he, the bio the biology could be uh suppressed <laughs> it's like I don't think so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's no, no. He didn't go. He didn't go on. The, the, the understudy went on, but then later he got fired. No, no. He no, said, I'm, "I'm pretty sure." he's like he was knocked out, and then he got his revenge, and he had the understudy fired.
2: No, I thought but, he said he went. I thought he said he did it, but okay,
1: he did. He That's said he went on. He said too. Oh, I, 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 I he I,
0: went on. I um, and then he had him fired, and he said biology uh, can be conquered
1: by will or something. Oh, huh, like okay, I misremembered that.
0: Now uh, there is one other movie. Uh, actually, it's two other movies that rip off this novel slash plot. Um, but uh, whether that is a rip off or what, what's a rip off of what, or what's a improvement or a, uh, a stylized or a copy like that painting, right? Mm-hmm. Is really it starts to get sort of messy because there's a movie called Moon Over Parador, which I quite oh, like. Oh
1: yes, see Martin.
0: Nobody Martin. else likes.
1: No, I like it. Did so you get two?
0: Uh, it's not well-rated.
2: I've heard uh, of it, but, yeah, I don't remember it.
0: It's Richard Dreyfuss. He's a New York actor, stage actor, who is uh, hired by the uh, dictators of a small country in Central America, to, or South America, to uh, become the president, um, his double. So he can either cheat on his wife or, you know, uh, be not shot at a speech or something like that. And then of course the president falls sick or dies. I can't remember. And he's asked to continue the role. It's this exact same setup, uh, played more, even more for comedy and such. It's yeah. got a lot of good actors in it. Ralph Julia is in it. Richard Dreyfus.
1: Mm.
0: It's fun. Um, and it has the same setup. So you've got just that playing out in the same way that Dave does uh, that as that, the replacement actor, a better person than the guy he's replacing, um, and if you go all the way back to *Prisoner of Zenda*, right? That's mm, the same mm-hmm. story because yeah. the main guy is uh, kind of, in a way, a better person or a better at the job than the guy he's replacing. Yeah, uh, he's fitter. He's he's got a uh, a humbler attitude. He isn't lording it over people. Not that the other guy's that bad, because. <laughs> can't have them too bad but on the other hand uh, we kind of are rooting for the hero to to make a better job of it and um, that movie uh, is from 1988, Moon Over Parador, but it's a remake of a movie called The Magnificent Fraud from 1939 which precedes Double Star Huh?
1: really? i never heard of that one yeah,
0: right and so it's like who's ripping off who here? Yeah. So that artist who makes this painting that looks like the 1970 co- a cover of uh, Double Star and wins a, a, a modern art contest using a 1970. Well, in, two, in 2000, he wins a modern art contest. It's like. Who's ripping off who is is sort of way less important.
2: But it depends on what you do with it. For example, exactly. there's such a fantastic movie, To Be or Not to Be, from 1942. Amazing. A- screwball comedy. Uh, and then it was remade by Mel Brooks, who decided – under uh, you know understated acting and the screwball comedy is for the birds that's uh, you know and <laughs> so he plays it super broadly well that movie didn't do very well because it was almost line for line but it was a crappy redo so it mm-hmm. just you know that's where are you actually adding something to it that enhances it or tells it again well so everybody can see it with fresh eyes we were just talking about this this morning all these versions of king kong none of them are as good as the original Right. The new yeah. Ben-Hur, there's been five, this is the fifth Ben-Hur, we only remember the 1959 one, I haven't watched any of the others, but you know, it's this deep. is. there's a standard, It's mm-hmm. things are judged against these standards, if they're not different enough, or if they're a weak version, we want something that's genuine and original, and that's what Smith, Smythe, whatever his name is, achieves in playing Bonfort.
0: When when Double Star won, won the first Hugo for for Heinlein though, um that made a lot of people read the the book. I think I, I knew a lot of people mm-hmm. were reading it before then, but I read it in part because it was a Hugo-winning novel by a really good author who I'd read. Oh. Right? I said, "Oh, okay, this is going to be good." Um, but the fact is. Um, If I went by the standard that it's a really good novel because it's a Hugo, I would be wrong in the same way that that painting, uh, from the 19, (laughs) (laughs) the 2000 (laughs) is not a great cover of, uh, Double Star to begin with. Um, yeah, maybe he recontextualizes it, whatever. I, I I don't really care. I don't care about contests. That's the thing. I don't care about award systems because ultimately that, that style of understanding whether a book's in, look, I mean, I started realizing Connie Willis is a very popular winner of Hugo Awards. Uh, Her books are okay. They're they're all right. Why does she win them? I think because she really is nice at the Hugo Awards. She attends them. Everybody likes to see her win. But in the same way that the Oscars don't really represent great movies necessarily. Sometimes they do. Um, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy twice. And the reason is, it's a really good movie. <laughs> so I, don't whether, I don't care whether it's an award winner. Um, the fact that there's all this CG all over the place, and the and two of the main characters are CG, and it doesn't suck. Oh my god, <laughs> that is a powerfully good movie. <laughs> Seriously, have yeah. you
2: guys seen? That? Oh yeah, it's a, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's very I,
0: entertaining. I, I never rewatch movies like that, and I've seen it twice.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah and we have been I, burned I by the
0: second time it's we've amazing. all been
2: burned by award winners. I mean, and I'm trying to think of the foreign movie that I saw recently oh thebe t h e e b which is uh it's kind of low key, but it's it's set in World War one and in the Middle East, and it was done with all native actors and all this kind of thing, and it's just it's about a kid's adventure, and it's like a wild western story set back in that time, but through the, you know, in that context. And I was looking at, well, this was nominated for an Oscar. That's not why I discovered it. But I was like, well, what else was in there? What won? Oh, right. World War Two, very sad story of yeah, that one. Of course, what were the other ones? Oh, super sad, you know, because it's a very predictable. We want to support this message kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's so I've been burned by Oscar winners and I've been burned by Hugo winners. And the most you can do is kind of go, oh, this is what's out there that this community likes. But, but until there, you realize that point, it's like, oh, it's a disillusioning moment. You know, when you realize
0: last last year? Wasn't there uh, or this maybe it was this year? in the Oscars, uh, w- wasn't, like, because some black movie was not nominated. Because no
2: black movie was nominated.
0: Oh, no, no, no it was actors or something, right? right? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, there was a couple of good movies, Protests. right, that should, should have been uh, this, sort of the boycotting and protesting. Um, the, I I was not looking for it. Uh, Hugo's just happened to be, I think, yesterday. Was that right, yeah,
1: Paul? Yeah, it was last night, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So.
0: I was looking for double star stuff. I start typing in double star stuff into into Google and Twitter just to see what's out there and see read people's reviews and mm-hmm. and then uh, somebody uh, I think one of the Hugo people uh, N.K. Jemison did she
1: win something she, last she, night? She won best novel last night for fifth season.
0: Okay, there there you go, best novel, best Hugo novel, right? Yep. That that's appropriate because uh, what I spotted was her talking about Heinlein, probably not in the...
1: Oh, yes, yes.
0: And there's a letter, apparently, I don't know when it was written, what the source is, but it's, uh, I think it's on her blog, a letter from Heinlein to somebody, maybe unsent, uh, I'm not 100% clear on whether this letter is actually sent or not, but it's in some Heinlein literary trust or prize book, right? And the letter is about race relations, how Heinlein thinks blacks are getting uppity or something like that, but it's not actually that bad. And it, but there, each paragraph has a headline, which is sort of uh, uh, I guess N.K. Jemison's uh, summary of this is an oh. old trope of okay. what you know racists are like or something like that. Maybe I'm mischaracterizing her her characterization of what's going on in there. But as I'm reading through it, um, I'm seeing. Uh yeah, some of these phrasings are not that great. And one of the quotes and the, the way I found it was um, the lucky – w a quote, something like the lucky ones were the ones that were enslaved.
1: Yes, and that and that, I, and that set her off uh, – yeah, I think that was the inciting incident.
0: Right. And the thing is, is uh, that is – it sounds bad, right? Um, now, <laughs> I'm, I'm um does something probably that doesn't help he says that that's attributable to a black friend <laughs> right it's, well, my black friends call them Some niggers. Of my
2: best friends are black. Oh, yeah yeah okay.
0: <laughs> right that's not cool Heinlein. however private letter maybe i don't know public letter don't know what i can tell you is Heinlein, a long time ago came from a society where there was a s- complete separation of the Of the races, it's about
2: context also of that time period and. And he was the most fucking
0: liberal of (laughs) science fiction writers, Uh, like he was.
2: uh, He was Stranger in a Strange Land. Read it again. Yeah. Yeah. In
0: some ways, he's much more left than Wells is. Like Wells does talk a little bit about race, but Heinlein is like uh, a Missouri dude who is always, always pushing. Um, people into accepting uh, fellow Americans uh, or at least fellow human beings. When you read Starship Troopers and you read, 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 and you get to the end, you say, Huh, he's Filipino. Oh, right? oh. that's interesting. It's like, yeah, if you had some prejudice against Filipinos, which, you know, a lot of Americans sure. don't know that they Back went then. and the country and, right, and oh, and he's not even American. All right. Yeah. He's non, he's he's not American and he's not of my race. Huh. And mm-hmm. at the end of that I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. But he's making was, a point. Yeah. It would be much more transformative if you are a person in the United States who's he's always pushing uh, he does have black characters in his books and often he you know, maybe it's the way he writes. You just don't know who who anybody is. They're just all talking heads. But he's always pushing to be inclusive. And the fact that there is this, you know, reaction against Heinlein, the
1: racist, I'm like, eh.
0: well,
3: well my
1: thing it's sort oh, of just politics. I, well, yeah, go well, well, I'm I'm going I'm going to give the counter example. Yeah. And duck. um <laughs> Farnham's Freehold.
0: Right. OK, that
1: that that that, that, that book is uh, uh, repugnant. Can I? Can I say? I, yeah, it, it it makes me uh, feel not so good just thinking about over the book again.
2: And I don't think I've ever heard of it. Okay, so timeline. I guess yeah, timeline.
0: So the the premise on that one it's kind of stupid. It's it, as somebody pointed out, it's two books that are jammed together. One of them is a there's a nuclear war. The family is a, a survivalist family. They're buried in their bunker when the war goes on and the nukes go off. And apparently. Uh, the nuke went off right above their bunker, so they time travel. <laughs> oh, yep. They time travel into well, the far do? future. <laughs> they think it's the far past. They time travel into the far future, and um, uh, American blacks or black people have taken over the, the, the world. world, and uh, they castrate, I think, the father, uh, or the son, I can't remember. They castrate one, one of the
1: sons. Them,
0: right, and then uh, I think they're cannibals or something. Yeah,
1: they they they. they, they... Cannibalistic black overlords who rule over civilization, especially white people, and yeah, it's yeah, it's
3: like Planet of you know, the be... Apes, kind of. Oh uh, yeah, yes. I think yeah. That that's
0: exactly right. It's sort of like a, a less PC version of Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um, but you know, the funny thing about Planet of the Apes, the original book is a comedy, right? Um, I, mean, you know, I
2: read it. it. I didn't get that it was a comedy at all.
0: Oh yes, the original, the Pierre Boulle oh i it's, read it's it and it never
2: struck i've read it twice and it, now it was a long time ago
0: it's a big joke right it because it never there, struck me as a comedy what <laughs> i mean it's a sa- okay it's of a satire, satire. that's
2: right? different than a comedy but
0: right, um, right, right. but the, the whole point is it's it's not that long a book but at the end it's like oh yeah, yeah. right what? i mean kind of straight out
2: the that, story
0: yeah yeah, yeah exactly um, in the same way that you could see uh, the regular Planet of the Apes as a comedy as well, I think it is. <laughs> the ending is pretty funny. Um, maybe he's crying, but I'm laughing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the fact that I saw that in the movies when it came out, it was astounding. Come on.
0: Now, if you start looking for things, right? You say this guy's racist, this guy's sexist. You can find it. So in in Planet of the Apes, uh, all the all the people are silenced, all the white people are silenced, specifically the girlfriend, right? Oh, that's better. Because <laughs> now she's not nattering my ear off. That's a sec, right? Uh, yeah, well, Never I guess to me. so. Okay, that's... But also, Charlton Heston, I mean, he's not well known for his... Uh, his...
2: Uh... Su- subtle acting. Subtlety.
0: Oh, For his subtlety. But on the other hand, um, you know, he's known for his NRA, gun-shaking, cold-dead
2: hand oh, thing. Oh,
0: well. He was, he was, uh, he was just an actor though. He's, you know, every
2: actor isn't themselves in that. He
0: was also in the civil rights movement. Yeah. (laughs) Like the fact that one, one thing is, you know, the fact that he seems like a old white guy who doesn't understand, uh, in (laughs) these roles and in his
2: job. Yeah. It's because what the point you're making, of course, is that people are more complex than we can parse. And the context things of like that.
0: the cycling of, you know, Heinlein was not doing anything that was uh, considered considered conservative at the time. He's fucking super whack job liberal, right? <laughs> Libertarian weird weirdo. weirdo.
3: He, he, like the end Free of love. the book, At the end of the book, he says, "If there were ethical basics that transcended time and space, then they were true for both Martians and men." Like he's talking about everybody yeah, yeah on any planet any star if the human race did not behave accordingly they were not ever going to win the stars because some better race would would slap them down for yeah. double
0: he is totally uh trying to make peace amongst all mm-hmm.
3: that's, that's how that was what i got i mean i haven't read very many i've read three but th- that's the perception that i have from the three that i've read of him
0: like there's i i could lay many criticisms on heinlein um, mostly to do with his st- style of writing. Um, but I don't think that he's a, a horrible racist is one of them.
2: Well, I would also say this thing of, I understand. And, and I want representation for everybody. And I want people to be able to watch movies with people they identify with. And I get that history can't be forgotten and blah, 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 blah. But when you get down to something, which is what generated some of this, is this whole Oscar protest over... You know, there weren't any black actors nominated and this and this and this. And I was looking at it and somebody had asked me about that. And one of the places I was doing a movie discussion, are you going to boycott the Oscars? I'm like, well, first of all, I don't watch them. (laughs) Second of all, I'm like, here's my problem is I understand things need to be mentioned so we don't forget them. However, all these very influential, wealthy people who are supporting this, why are there no more than two movies to choose from? Why are there not, why are there only the black movies and the white movies? Why are there not more black actors being fostered? Why are there not more? What are you guys doing about the system other than showing up and complaining once a year about my two movies didn't get nominated or my black actor in this one movie didn't get nominated? Why don't you provide us with more to show the variety of what's going on? Get in the system. That's how you change it. And that's part of all these various authors, it's easy to stand there. And I'm not saying that this author did this. I don't know what she wrote. I don't know, you know, the letter and I get all this stuff. But but all these people who like to show up and complain, at least um, if you're working within the system, if you're like Octavia Butler and you're writing books that interest you and the people are, you know, all black, because that's what you're interested in as black vampires or whatever. Okay, good. Because you're writing something that's good enough that plenty of people pick it up and it influences everyone. This is how you help change things. I mean, you have to have the activism. I get that. But but you also have to do more. And that's uh, what annoys say, me about people just showing up I and going, think, here's the context I have and it's very small and I'll complain.
1: And she is. Yeah. I know we've way off the weeds. But she, she is, I mean, her novels are expansive, inclusive. Uh, fifth season, which I read, the the Hugo winner for this year has a m- amazingly diverse First cast I mean if this book was written back in the nineteen sixties it would probably feature an all white cast with maybe one minority mm-hmm. but the, yeah but the the uh the spectrum of kinds of people in the book um racially sexually culturally in fifth season she does she she is trying to do that she, i mean i mean a lot of a lot of the writers today look at writers like heinlein and yeah and it is divorced from context and it is trying to pull stuff out of his time and into ours, but they don't like what they see. I can't say I blame them for it. I mean, I I appreciate that they're writing stuff now, which is better in many ways. And And generally appealing.
2: So everybody's getting it, you know, I mean, In in
0: in what way are they better? See, oh, but, 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 but. I know nothing about okay, the physics okay, okay. other than what you've told me. But, Where's the idea? That's what I care about. Like, I don't really care. That's the cool thing about Heinlein is I'm reading the book. I'm saying, wow, this is an interesting adventure. And then I find out at the end, the, the kid's a Filipino. I'm like, huh, right? It doesn't really change a lot for me because it was the the adventure right. per se, not the, you know, I can see myself as one of these mm-hmm. Groups in this character, I'm like, what's the idea? When I, uh, you know, who does Heinlein really well, or at least in one book, is Cory Doctorow. Little brother, yeah, You're reading that book, I've he's got that. the dumps. It, he sort of does his own weird little uh, things instead of Heinlein's weird little things. But it is kind of a Heinlein story, mm-hmm. right? No, it's very it, But that's an idea book. It, if this is a better in some ways what way is it a better ideas book because that's all i really am in it for i'm not in it for the um we have to cast a certain number of people of this or it's uh, this adventure is good except it should have more uh like that paint by numbers sort of robert j sawyer way of writing a novel where <laughs> yeah. you you say you know oh, my main character is a white man but he's gonna have a a security guard who's a punjabi man and he's gonna Mention him every time he goes by, and then that shows the diversity that you find in Toronto.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, the, 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 okay, the, that's uh,
0: not okay. Okay,
1: to, so, to sell you quickly, and probably should go back to the Double Star. The, the basic idea around the world of this season is a very geologically unstable fantasy world where the magic system is based upon manipulation of of uh, earth forces, and, mm, mm-hmm. and, and 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 those manipulators of earth forces are in very many ways slaves to society and outcasts and what happens when the apocalypse happens that's that's and that's what's that's
0: save the world or something uh,
1: and not necessarily save the world but at least try to survive on to the next one it's yeah so it's it's got the big idea but
0: that sounds all
1: right yep so Going back to Double Star, my main criticism of the book is not the racism, or because there isn't any. The, the, the novel is anti racist, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> but it's it's it, it's inclusive. It's it talks about tolerance. It wants Martians and Venusians and humans all in one empire and as equals. And Bonnefort fights for that hard because he's carrying the wand and he talks about the, the, how it's very smite slash Bon because he okay. says it's important for him to to be seen doing that to the Martian communities and i think that's absolutely great that's that's the best best argument for multiculturalism i've seen in the book in that in that era it's it it, it's like yes this is exactly what he should be doing he's more bonifort than bonifort in that moment although i think Bon, the real bonifort would have done the same thing i think smythe just channels and jumps jumps to the conclusion he wouldn't have
2: understood why so well though this guy
1: understood why yeah right because he, because he because all the world is a stage and uh he, yeah. he is he is a
2: big player on it and he's Yeah, really here's cool. the logic of how the they would think of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: He's more Heinlein than Heinlein. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but the what thing I so, didn't what, what didn't you like?
1: Um and product of the times, the the one the one female character whose role is apparently just to be the Secretary in love with her boss.
0: I somebody said she fainted twice uh, in the book. Yeah. I remember her <laughs> novel... losing it a couple of times, uh, but I don't remember fainting.
1: Yeah, the, the the novel does not do well by her at all. A no, dude, no, that, it,
0: is,
2: that, that, that is that, that is the, the
0: sticking point with his He wants to be one, but he doesn't understand them.
2: <laughs> I don't. I, uh, I don't That know. was a weak. He always had that weakness. But it, he, if you in look and, at it charitably but, you know you he's can't there. have everything from he was just writing to make a living at that point too and he he came out in his books and i think and it's not that he didn't aspire for more i'm not saying that but it's like when you go back and criticize dickens for this and this and this and it's like you know for his times he was doing damn good and this these were his limitations you know but, and
0: but if you look at it charitably so, I mean, he's he's terrible at writing other humans as well right all all the all the <laughs>
2: there's not lot
0: the yeah. all of his uh you know i I can't really tell Dak and the other guys apart that well they they all sound like heinlein right there's the old man there's the the young woman who's looks older th- uh who looks younger than she is right she's actually quite old that's usually how it goes there's the the guy who has to be taught and th- that's it there's no he doesn't do other people very well? He's just his own voice. So,
1: but sometimes that works well, like in the Puppet Masters, which we did, and in here, right? It, it, he transcends those limitations and comes up with uh, with something entertaining.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You can't you can't only focus on the bad and say the whole book's bad because because he's bad at doing women who aren't from the 1940s. Yeah, but
3: it's not just it's not just the it, that she faints and stuff, but. There's a there's a um, the the attitude towards women like hitting women and violence toward women is something it's the way it's written here it's as if that's some that's an everyday thing that everybody takes for granted oh yeah mm. um, you know he says my father taught me that women will forgive any action up to and including assault with violence but oh, it's yeah. easily insulted by language. Like what? Mm. What is that? And then he also says,
0: it's "So Heinlein. And then, yeah, <laughs> that's and, exactly. And, as and later
3: he says, "Not that Penny used unfair means. She did not even shed tears. Not that I laid a finger on her. Like you know, well, oh, I take it for granted." But of course,
2: if he was beaten when he was young, yeah, and
0: he thinks that that was sensible and proper, right?
2: And he believed everything his father said until he suddenly started learning for himself from this guy. Yeah, so but he doesn't uh,
3: talk about hitting anybody except like no one else has is spoken of violently except for the female character and i do like this book a lot but that is also my uh was my one issue with it
0: well lorenzo's dad did according to lorenzo beat him mercilessly right but whether that is i i think the way heinlein characters talk they're just hyperbolic about everything so the fact that i didn't lay a hand on her that's just sort of the way people talked back then i don't think that Heinlein ever laid a hand on him. No,
3: I, know. I don't think so. Well, he's separating I, right.
0: himself from his father at that point. Yeah. Too. It was just
3: the casual way that, yeah, that was just throw, like just a throwaway oh. sentence like that.
0: Yeah. But it is, it's from the, the wife beating 1950s, right? Where, uh, they nobody even considered calling the cops when the, when the husband was beating the wife.
2: Well, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was as casually taken as that, but, um, uh, but, um, it's funny because you say that, and I, that didn't ring my bell with Penny, but what did was later on, when she seemed to very easily transfer her affections to Lawrence Smith, yeah, yep. Lorenzo Smythe, instead of the guy she was originally in love with. And I'm like, oh, so if he just acts like this guy, that's okay, because he's not that guy. What, you know, there was no... Um, And again, I get that there's no depth or anything, but I was like, Oh no, 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 no penny. That's totally out of it. Of all the unrealistic things I just swallowed, that was the one where I went, That's totally unrealistic. There would have had to be a couple of lines of we came to an understanding of each other or something. I don't know.
0: Be charitable also. This is like a six hour book. I mean I love this book. Don't
3: get me wrong. Just because I notice
2: what's wrong with it doesn't mean I don't like the book. Like all of us, you you know. Exactly.
3: Yeah. I, I read on some site that it was written in three weeks. On some on a site said, called SF, sffworld.com, it said this was written in three weeks.
2: Super amazing the then.
0: He's <laughs> yeah. a good writer, fast writer.
2: <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay. Good job, Highland. To only get those few things in that we didn't like <laughs>
3: in three weeks. Well, maybe it had four or five. Yeah,
1: well, well, yeah, it's good enough. Yeah, it's before some of the things that creep into later Heinlein started uh, making his works less palatable for me.
0: Did you say creep in on purpose?
1: Yes, (laughs) I I did on purpose, yes.
2: (laughs) Uh Well done.